0: Today is Sunday, July eighteenth. I'm a little late with uh, this week's Zoom with Zarni. I have the town of Cicero Democrats coming up uh, later this uh, uh, podcast, video cast, whatever it is, Um, and we have a great conversation about the needs of Cicero uh, with uh, Joyce Villanave, who's running for. Uh, Cicero Town Supervisor and Judy Boyke, who's running uh, for re election for Cicero Town Board. And we're also joined by Nate Riley, uh, Cicero Town Democratic Chair. Uh, It's a great discussion. I hope uh, you enjoy it and stick around for that. I did post this one a little late. Usually I try to do these on Fridays. But uh, on Friday, there were some governor reforms. Uh, The governor signed some election reforms. So I wanted to have some time to uh, talk about that and, and digest it, so I can give you uh, some information regarding it. Uh, that uh, the the five reforms that the governor signed uh, uh, on Friday all go into effect this year, although effectively some of them will wait till next year to uh, to to be in uh, you know in practice. But the five reforms that he signed was first he allowed voters to request absentee ballots. Uh, through the electronic portal. That's a big uh, reform uh, that came about during the pandemic last year, it was by a governor executive order. That executive order expired when all the other governor executive orders expired um, late last month. Uh, So uh, we needed legislation to actually make this permanent and this uh, legislation does so. Um, And uh, so this year you will have that portal again, like we used in the primary, uh, and in the general election last year, to request your absentee ballots. Uh, he also signed a piece of legislation that required uh, boards of elections to post uh, information about changes in polling places uh, at, the, at, at the old polling place. Uh, it, it was um, a little bit more stringent requirements now uh, to do so, because uh, it, before some boards, if they changed an entrance or something like that, they weren't required to uh, uh, to um, to make those changes. But uh, now under this legislation, uh, they have to post those uh, polling place changes uh, with a, a bright yellow paper at the entrance to the old polling place, informing voters where the polling place has been moved and providing the address of the new polling place. Um, the notice must be posted on the day of the election or on the first day of early voting before the polls open. If it's an early voting spot that has been moved. So that is, uh, uh, you know, that that is something that uh, will be uh, a requirement this year for boards of elections. Uh, we do have an early voting uh, place that has moved from uh, from last year from uh, Camillus uh, uh, Fire Station to uh, Camillus Town uh, Board, so we'll have to post some notices on that. So that that affects us. Uh, Another uh, piece of legislation that he passed um, was uh, requiring the Boards of Elections uh, conforming the deadlines for the mailing of applications. Uh, We will now uh, only guarantee that we will mail you out an absentee ballot if you post your absentee uh, postmark or deliver your absentee ballot application either through the portal or by mail um, uh, 15 days before the election instead of seven days before the election. Uh, This is probably the most controversial one of these. However, one of the things that we're trying to do uh, around the state is setting up the boards of elections for success. And with the new mail guidelines, and these are the uh, official mail guidelines of when a voter should mail out an absentee ballot application to have enough time for a board of elections to get that mail, process it, send it back to the voter and have them be able to postmark that ballot in time for election day is 15 days. So, having consistency with what the mail is giving guidelines is and the boards of elections giving guidelines is important. Uh, another thing uh, uh, this is a, uh, a reform that, uh, you know, uh, pushed by our own Senator Rachel May here in Onondaga County, is allowing candidates who have lost primaries to be removed from the ballots um, uh, for, for other offices, for, for other lines. So, what we saw last year in New York twenty-four is probably one of the most egregious examples of this. Is where we, you know we had uh, uh, the Working Families Party um, didn't want to take a uh, position in the primary between Dana Balter and Francis Canole, and um, and so they had a placeholder in place, uh, Steve Williams, who. Uh, was never a real candidate, but was uh, looking to get off, uh, and, and he got nominated for Supreme Court down in New York City because of a technical issue that nomination never happened, and thus he could not get off the ballot. This, would have, this is a common practice. The Republicans have done it with the, the Republican mayoral uh, nominations in 2013 here locally. So this is a common practice to get around the fact that you can't get off the ballot uh, on a minor party line if you lose a primary. So now um, we won't have these fake candidacies uh, that, that are on and everybody knows why they're on, but they can't say why they're on. And uh, they get nominated for a Supreme Court justice that they can't win, uh, but that allows them to get off and then they get substituted for somebody else. So now um, a, if a candidate loses a primary for a re- recognized party line, they have the option to remove themselves from the ballot and the party will then be able to substitute a name. Uh, this will eliminate what happened last year in New York 24 where you have a candidate who doesn't wanna be on the ballot anymore, but is on the ballot and drawing votes from uh, a, a, a Democrat or Republican candidate, uh, mainly because of uh, you know the, them being just on the line. If the candidate's on the line, they're gonna get votes. And I think that's good. We shouldn't allow or need candidates who are in running for office who don't want to run anymore. That confuses the voters and throws away their votes. Uh, And finally, and if a voter wants to write somebody in, they can still do so. Uh, Finally, uh, you know, even though that that's uh, effective immediately, there's not going to be a primary until next June. So really, that's something that's going to happen next year. And finally, increasing the election district sizes from 1150 to 2000, uh, while that is effective immediately as well, um, really it won't uh, go into effect until next year when boards of elections start uh, redoing their maps for after the census comes out and after redistricting starts on the statewide level and starting on the local level as well. Um, this is a, a big change. It's something that the, the boards of elections, both Republicans and Democrats, have been pushing for, I think, 12, you know, since 2012. So uh, it, it's been nine years of this. Um, boards of elections, our scanner machines, can hold up to 4,000 ballots. Um, and having those election districts at a smaller size, uh, what it does is it creates multiple ballot styles within a certain area. and because each election district has to have a different ballot style. This causes confusion at the polling places for the uh, voters. Uh, It causes confusion for our poll workers. Sometimes they're given the wrong ballot style. And it will also uh, save on costs, as if we have less election districts, we don't have have to have as many uh, election inspectors. And with early voting and absentee ballot voting, drawing a lot of our population out on election day, um, this change won't cause large lines. And in fact, what you see in many polling places where they have two to three election districts already in that polling place, they'll probably go down to one or two. Uh, and, and it will be you know a lot easier to hand out ballots on election day and for early voting and for absentees as well. So this is a, a change, a, a good change, uh, and it's gonna save boards of elections money. And the big thing that was holding it up was cap- county committees uh, base their uh, committee roles on uh, the election districts. They have two members per election district or four members uh, depending on what the rules of the party uh, state. Now the rules have been changed where the rules of the party can dictate how many members per election district they have and they can base it on population as opposed to uh, just at the geographic location. And with the larger election district sizes, you can have more people serving in their home election district, as opposed to farming them all around the city or the assembly district. So those are the big changes that have happened. Uh, I'm really excited for them. Um, The big change that uh, still has not been signed by the governor is the counting of absentees before election day. This is uh, something that uh, is a major reform and we're waiting for the governor to sign that. I'm not sure if he's waiting to sign that to see if the no fault absentee ballot uh, provision in the Constitution uh, um, is uh, uh, passed in November. He can wait <laughs> for it to be called up until up to a year uh, after it's passed once uh, session ended. So that's, you know, what if it's not delivered to the governor? Uh, it, once it's delivered to the governor, it gets 10 days, but he can wait. If, it's, if they're waiting for that, Uh, That could be why we won't see that for a little while. I hope that he signs it sooner, though, because whether that constitutional amendment passes or not, we need to start preparing as boards of elections for next year. It's a big change. So if that gets signed, I'll come back and talk to you about it. So uh, that's all I have for you today. Um, But uh, I do have my interview with the Cicero Democrats following this. So please stay tuned for that. It's a great interview. Uh, and uh, there's some great candidates working up in a really tough uh, town to run in. So give them your time uh, to listen to them and hopefully your support. Thank you and enjoy. Bye bye. Very happy to have my good friends of the Cicero Democratic Committee and the candidates for Cicero uh, town offices. We have Judy Boyke, who's running for re-election in the Cicero town board and Joyce uh, Villeneuve, uh or Villeneuve, I'm sorry. I, I, okay. <laughs> uh, Joyce Villeneuve, uh, who is running for supervisor of Cicero and Nate Riley, the Cicero Democratic uh, town chair. Thank you guys for coming on Zoom with Czarne. So
1: Thank you for having
0: us. Pleasure to be here.
1: <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Judy, I want to start with you. Um, because uh, you're a veteran, uh, uh, you know, a public office holder here in Cicero. Uh, you're running, what you used to be supervisor, you, you've been running for, you've been on the town board uh, for several years, even before you were supervisor, then afterwards. Okay, so tell the viewers about your background and why you're running for re-election. Well,
1: I was, uh, I worked for General Electric, I retired. I am a uh, licensed New York State licensed realtor. I've been that for 29 years. My retirement with GE was 33 years. I'm also a private business owner. Um, with my background from GE, it has given me, plus my real estate, the opportunity to be able to oversee and understand uh, the town of Cicero. I was born and raised there, and my family goes back into the 1800s, both on my side and my husband's side, and I basically, once I was supervisor, took on the total interest of the town. I'm passionate about it, and I've been very vocal about it, Um, mainly uh, for the quality of life. Uh, My position right now is uh, we have traffic issues which has been that way forever and my other position is that I'm focused on the comprehensive plan. Um, I uh, will be overseeing it probably from a distance at a time but I have been involved with uh, getting the interest and getting it up and running Uh, Also, uh, we have uh, some development issues that we're trying to uh, make sure that we don't overdevelop property in the town. And the other key issue, which is a real uh, major issue right now, is solar. With this green energy that we have uh, going on, that uh, it's, it's really important to have designated areas for our solar projects. I was instrumental in getting a moratorium put on for one year. And since that time also putting on the opt out for taxes. Um, That is one of the key things because the major part of a solar is the decommissioning. And that's like companies build them, they walk away with their money and then Who knows, technology, the way it changes, it could be five years, it could be 20 years, but when they're old, they need to be removed. And that's the biggest, biggest problem. So that's one of my main focuses, but the other is is the quality of life and just being a voice to speak out for the people because they need a voice, uh, whether it be from this little four foot 11 person, but I, I make it known, and um, I can't be intimidated, and I can't be bullied, and they found that out. So I am their voice, and I plan on continuing.
0: Well, that's great. Uh, uh, thank you, Judy. Uh, our, the other candidate for Cicero office is Joyce Vilnaib, and she is running for Supervisor Joyce. Um, if, can you tell us a little bit, this is your second run, and why you're running again, and a little bit about your background? Oh, Joyce, you got to unmute. Yeah. There you are.
2: <laughs> said it, it. It told me you muted me about five
0: minutes ago. Okay. Yeah, yeah. that's the, the wonders of technology. We're still dealing with it. Yeah, yeah. Joyce, tell us a little bit about your uh, yourself and uh, and and how uh, why you're running again for uh, supervisor.
2: Well, I'm I'm a newbie to Cicero. I've only been here thirty years. Um, and I first became really seriously involved with trying to figure out how this town is run with the whole town highway garage fiasco, where basically we spent more than 50% of our annual budget on one indoor parking lot. Um, And now we have, uh, along with Judy's um, comprehensive plan, because it's really needed, She's been calling for it for a number of years and i know nate and i when we ran last time agreed it's really needed um for instance my little neighborhood has 20 houses and i asked the um the zoning people you know what is my neighborhood zoned and they said well part of its um agriculture part of its residential and part of its commercial i'm telling you it's like two city blocks. <laughs> so we, we really have to get that under control. Um, we're also going to be mandated um, to build a sufficient um, town justice court um, with holding cells and various things. And I would like to ensure that the spending doesn't continue like it did for the garage for that building. And I've also You know, heard that now they want to redo the police station, which they've all, you know, had just kind of set up in the last couple of years, and they're thinking about town hall. So I'm thinking if we keep current um, party in power, in power, that nobody's going to afford to live here because the taxes for building all that will be crazy. Um, I work for OCM BOCES as a systems consultant. Part of what I do it, well, in supporting school financial packages, I already st- understand the budget um, that New York State imposes on city towns and schools. Um, I'm already familiar with the people in the school district. Um, I know that the town collects their school taxes, um, and I think overall that the town needs to have some really serious fiscal management that it just hasn't had in the past I don't know, six years at least
0: i cannot hear you i think both. it's that's me that was that time me. i do it too <laughs> every, every two weeks uh or two times a week so uh as uh you know you're you're running for office. Obviously, there's a, a few offices that uh, the Democrats did not run for, but they're focusing on your two races. Uh, you know, in uh, Judy, um, what I think one of the problems with town offices is people don't realize what the office holders do. You know, and, and, and how it how it affects them on their daily life. And, you know, I'll go to both of you on this, but I'll start with you, Judy. What what does a town board member do? What's the uh, and, and
1: and and what do you think a good town board membership? Well, let me put it this way. It's what a town board member is supposed to do. That's the beginning. I am not your ordinary town board counselor. I spend every well, every day normally I stop to the town hall. I in fact is I was on the road taking the town engineer out because we have a possibility for some beautification grants. So I spent two hours driving around town with the engineer. Um, A counselor has to uh, verify the abstracts. A counselor is supposed to look at anything that comes up on the agenda so that you can speak to it, or you're at least well aware of that because you're gonna vote And, and I vote when I know what I'm voting for. And if I don't, I ask questions. Um, That is, in my opinion, one of the uh, most important parts of a counselor. And that is to know what your job is other than representing the people, but you can't represent them if you don't know what you're voting for uh, to protect them and be their voice at the town level.
0: Right, great. And Joyce, um, what, you know, what What do you believe the supervisor should be doing? Is it a full-time position? Is it part-time? How? how what what, is, what? should the Cicero supervisor be
2: doing? In, in Cicero, it is a full-time position. Um, and the supervisor needs to be able to make sure that not only are all of the departments um, running in a consistent and um, lawful manner, um, and... Under budget, whenever possible, but something that's sorely lacking right now is communicating with the public. Um, over COVID, yeah, great, they had it on Zoom, but you know, we had public hearings where only the people who applied for a zone change or or something were allowed to actually speak. The people at the public hearings got letters and emails read in by the supervisor. It, it's totally inadequate and I think they actually started a good thing but they didn't follow through because I would love to see people be able to participate in the town meetings through zoom you know there are a lot of people you know they'd love to participate but they got kids at home they can't get a sitter every two weeks to go to the town board meeting but if there were a public hearing they were interested in and they could say their piece over Zoom, how much more, you know, participation and and important ideas could we get through that? And I think the town supervisor really, it's not, is elected to lead, not to rule. And I think the past couple of supervisors we've had, had a bad, bad attitude towards that. They really thought they were elected to make all the decisions and forget the public. Uh, and I would really like to see the supervisor position be more open and communicative to the uh citizens and bringing them into uh participation in the government so uh, uh,
1: oh
2: judy go ahead
1: yeah yeah i was just gonna say dustin i'd like to add one more thing um i am well there was a new liaison position created it's called public works and public works obviously has to do with infrastructure and just about everything else going on. So um, I've also been, the, I was a liaison of the planning board, but now I am as a public works representative. I have not missed only three town board meetings since 2010. I've not missed only three planning board meetings since 2010, I am there. I, when you go to the planning board meeting, I feel that you have to know what's going on in the town. You can't know, you know, who's applied for a site plan, who's applying for a zone change. You need, in my opinion, that is my passion. I need to know because I'm representing the people. So I want to know. And like I said, um, the only reason I missed three meetings is because I had open heart surgery. So I guess that's an excuse I can get away with.
0: You you can miss open <laughs> heart you can miss <laughs> open heart surgery. I, think, I I think that's allowed. <laughs> um, are these uh, Judy? Is the town board two or four year terms? Uh,
1: it's a four year, four year. Thank God because I don't know if I could go through this every two years. <laughs> yeah, choice? Is it a four year term? Supervisors every
2: two years. Oh, so supervisors, every two which is years. really good because you know, four years you can do a lot of damage in four years, as we've recently seen. <laughs> yeah,
0: good. so, uh, and uh, um, I'm gonna just uh swing on over to uh, Nate Riley here. Nate is the uh, chair of the Cicero Democratic Committee, a new chair. Uh, just. Since, uh, just
3: this year, uh right? Was it this year that you uh or was it last year that you, you it was late uh late twenty twenty. So yeah. But with COVID it all runs right. together. So it all else. runs
0: together, right. <laughs> so Nate, obviously uh, Cicero, um, you know, we we've had some successes, uh Judy's had some success uh, running town wide and winning in several different elections. But Cicero is one of the few towns that uh you know, it has a Republican. That uh, it's a big town that has a Republican lead. Uh, what What are the Cicero Democrats plan for testing uh, uh, these seats, and 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 how important is it for people to vote in local elections?
3: It's incredibly important for people to vote in local elections, and our plan is to just have more voter engagement, and that's something that we really wanted to do over the course of twenty twenty, but of course because of the pandemic, we weren't allowed to. And to speak to your point, it currently is, uh, the town of Cicero does tend to lean more Republican, more conservative, but it wasn't always that way. I mean, if you go back to as early as 2009, 2011, we were, not only were we competitive as Democrats here, but we were winning races here. Um, And that was, you know, just over a decade ago. If you look at some of the numbers um, since that time, Democrats numbers have basically leveled off while as Republicans and conservatives in terms of the number of votes that they're getting on, on election day has gone up. Um, and I think it's just a problem of, of us as a party not not engaging with people, not going out there and talking to them about their issues. And that's why I'm really proud that we have Judy Boyke who's been on the town board for as long as she has and Joyce Villeneuve out knocking on doors, talking to people about the issues, showing up to countless town board meetings to raise concerns for citizens, because I think that they're gonna do a very good job uh, going out there and finding Democrats that need, that want to be engaged, that want to know more about the issues and want to ultimately come out and vote once they know it matters to them.
0: Yeah, and, and, and you know, the, anytime you're out in the, in the towns and out of Duggan County, even you know, outside of DeWitt and Manley, it's it's always a tough road uh, and, uh, I want to thank both of you for putting your name forward as well. Um, but uh, what, uh, what are you, uh, you, I always like to, um, you know we're getting close to that end point where I want to end the, the, the podcast, but I always like to end with
3: what have I missed?
0: What haven't I asked you that you want to get out there? So we'll start with, you know, we'll change it up. We'll, we'll start with Joyce first. Joyce, what have, what have I missed?
2: You know, the the one thing you didn't actually miss, but I missed saying, was local elections are extremely important. This is where people decide how much you pay for your school taxes, your home taxes, um, which affects, you know, how much are you going to pay at the grocery store because their taxes went up. It determines how high can you build your privacy fence, how many dogs can you have. Um, how many bags of, of garbage can you put out each week? Um, you really need to have people who are eager to participate and listen to the public to, to get these things done in a way that is reasonable for people to be able to live their lives. Local elections, I think, are far more far more important in certain areas than, than national.
0: Oh, and Judy? Uh, what, what have I missed? What, what haven't we talked about that you wanted to talk about?
1: today? Well, first of all, I want to talk about my endorsements. I am endorsed with the Conservative Party. I have honorably and just I'm elated. I just received the Veterans Council endorsement. That is really huge. Um, and also the Democratic endorsement. Uh, the most important thing um, is visibility. And visibility and recognizing uh, people, um, I, fortunately, I, I guess I would say with my real estate business, I've been a get about. So I make it a point when I'm out to speak with people um, to introduce myself and engage in conversation. Um, That is to me is important. So they know who I am. They know what I'm doing. So I believe that it's encouragement to get people out to vote. And this, that is one of the biggest issues I think that we have, and that's just motivation.
0: And Nate, what, what do you think of this, or what haven't we talked about that you wanted to get out
3: there? Uh, well, it's summertime, and summertime means barbecues, and I'm going to be hosting a fundraising barbecue at my house on August 28th, <laughs> Saturday, August 28th. So if there are any Democrats in the area that want to come out and just have a beer and a hot dog uh, and talk politics, talk shop about any of the races that are going on. We also, in addition to Joyce and Judy here, we're gonna have um, Matt Johnson running for County Ledge. We also have um, Ms. Rogers running for County Ledge and County Ledge three and County Ledge five, which encompasses parts of Cicero. And so, you know, I'm gonna have lots of people out to my house to talk about uh, talk about politics and raise a little bit of money for Cicero Democrats here on August 28th. And so I'm hoping that anybody who can hear this can come out on August 28th to my house. <laughs> Email nate at Cicero Dems, nate at cicerodems.org if you want more information about the August 28th barbecue to benefit Cicero Democrats.
2: And maybe we'll have enough brain power there to figure out how to get an early voting site in Cicero. Yay!
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I was actually gonna leave it to that is that we, uh, The state legislature came through thank you uh, to our uh democratic state uh representatives they've uh, mandated now we will have 10 early voting sites instead of six uh and as you know i've always said that cicero should have one and uh you know where is uh up for debate but uh next year that's going to be a decision that's made and having great voices on the council and in the supervisor's office like joyce and judy will help that happen
1: out yeah, so, yeah. um, That's excellent. One more quick thing. Yeah. Um, I had announced uh, at our at our meeting, but I had to change the date. I also am having a fundraiser on August 3rd and it's going to be at Woody's on 37. Um, my webpage is going to be up shortly. That's dudiboykecicero.com and all the info will be there as well. So it's going to be a fun time.
0: Yeah, that was going to, you guys have like jumped on my last question here, Was I was going to ask, <laughs> where can people find you? So
1: Judy Boyke, uh, what did what, what Judy, Judy Well, Judy Boyke, Cicero.com. But all you got to do is Google Judy Boyke. You'll be able to find me. So
0: you're, anyway. on, you're on Facebook. You're on. Uh, yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. Yeah. And Joyce? Friends
2: of Bill Nave on uh, on uh, Facebook. And I also, when I do a, a little written writing piece, uh, Nate puts it on the Cicero Dems
0: um, website. And Nate, you you gave the the email, but is Cicero Dems on uh, Facebook or Twitter?
3: Yes, I'm an attorney, so people can, I'm easy to find too, Nate Riley. (laughs) I work at Tully Rinke, PLLC um but the website's super super easy cicerodems.org you can type in cicerodems.com any of the other ones it should redirect to cicerodems.org where you can find us search for cicerodems on facebook on twitter on instagram we have cicerodems for all those things and again if you want to find me personally uh nate riley nate at cicerodems.org awesome well i want
0: to thank you all for coming on and uh, taking some time uh and also, thank you for running for office. Uh, I hope that I'm signing some good letters for you later in the year <laughs> and certifying the election in your favor. But either way, I'm 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 glad to see you're out there running. Um, next week, i uh, I will uh, continue my uh, my Wonky Wednesday series. Uh, I actually I think next week we will have OCL three will be as part of the Wonky Wednesday series, which is. Matt Johnson in Cicero, uh, that's going to be up. Uh, I just posted OCL 2, the County Lens 2, on Wednesday, and next uh, Friday, on my Zoom with already I'll have the counselor at large uh, positions in the city of Syracuse, Ashina Caldwell and Amir Gathers, who just won their primary. Uh, we're going to be talking about how the city of Syracuse is moving forward and uh, their fall campaign. Uh, thank you very much for tuning in. And as always, Please stay safe out there. COVID is still out there. Numbers are picking up a little bit, so if you have a chance to get the shot, get your vaccine. We you can protect each other and ride this wave out and be back to normal as we cast two votes this November. We'll be